her, enabling her to blot out the sharp slice of sorrow, her constant companion since her baby's father had walked out of their door nine months ago. Desperate emotions churned within her until her head began to pound and her stomach burned. She reached for the O'Toole family Bible, flipped to the back page, and lovingly traced the flowing curves of her husband's handwriting, the only words of his she had left. The key to happiness is in the hands of the one who holds my heart. M.O.T. 3-3-1850 Michael's written words had been a bomb these last nine months, but the date following his initials truly was a puzzle. She had been born in 1850, but not in March. She shook her head, remembering one of his quirks, the inability to remember numbers without first committing them to paper. It hadn't worked this time, either. The baby's lusty cry of hunger interrupted her thoughts. She closed the Bible with a snap, snagging the edge of her nail on the loose thread that bound the leather covering in place. Running her fingertips over the slight bulge in the lower corner near the binding, she marveled that her husband had felt strongly enough about his family treasure to repair the cover when it had apparently come undone the year before. It was all the more precious to her because of its imperfection. Baby Michael's cries became more insistent, causing a tingly sensation in her breasts. They suddenly felt full. Lifting the squalling baby into her arms, she settled into her grandmother's rocker. The soothing motion of rocking back and forth with her baby suckling at her breast went a long way toward healing the jagged hole in her heart. We'll be just fine, angel face, she whispered, brushing the tips of her finger across his forehead. The downy hair stood up, then fell back against his head. Your papa will come back. Bridget's promise rang through the empty cabin as she lifted the baby to her shoulder to rub his back. Where was Michael? Why had he left without a word? Just then, the baby let out a lusty, bubbly burp, and she forgot all about her missing husband and the night she'd spent at the cabin door, waiting, watching. Enthralled with her tiny son, she pressed her lips to the top of his head and breathed in his scent, catching a whiff of the soap she'd laundered his sleeping gown in, mixed with the lavender she used to keep her linen smelling fresh. Stroking the edge of his ear and the curve of his eyebrow, she whispered nonsense words to him, hoping to soothe him. Instead, he started fussing, his cue that he had yet to drink his fill. Settling him to her other breast, he latched on and opened his eyes. When his dark blue gaze fixed on hers, a wave of love swept over her. He was going to have his father's eyes, the shape of them, if not the color. A lone tear slipped past her guard as she thought of her handsome husband. The fragment of an unanswered question thrust its way into her drifting thoughts. Where had she left her mother's cameo? Had she put it with her father's gold pocket watch and their marriage lines? Both had gone missing months ago around the time Michael left. 
She felt the baby's mouth go slack and looked down at his little body replete with milk, solidly in the grasp of whatever dreams his baby's mind could conjure. Kissing the top of his head, each tiny closed eye, and the tip of his nose, she laid him on his full tummy in his cradle, tucking her grandmother's crazy quilt around him. She smiled and touched the tip of her finger to a faded square of blue, Graham's favorite dress, and one of equally faded red plaid, Granddad's favorite shirt. The pieces had been stitched alongside one another as her grandparents had lived the whole of their lives, side by side. Comforted by thoughts of them, Bridget climbed up into bed but stretched one hand out to gently rock Michael's cradle, all the while envying him his innocent dreams.